does the mission of God get carried out in today's world? How can congregations emerge from their buildings, programs, and institutions and effectively engage their communities with the power of the gospel? What are the eight hinges that help open churches' doors into their community? Join us today as I interview Reverend Terry Tiemann, Executive Director of Transforming Churches Network. We'll talk about the book, Hinges, Opening Your Church's Door to the Community. This is Kay Meyer, President of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's program. Welcome, Reverend Tiemann. Thanks for being my guest today. Thank you, Kay. It's great to be with you. Well, why did you write the book? You and others wrote the book, Hinges, Opening Your Church's Doors to the Community. Tell us why. Okay, this really is a culmination of everything that uh, I've learned and also my my colleagues who helped write the book, uh, Dwight Marable and David Bourne. Uh, It's really everything that we've learned over the past decade or so about uh, helping congregations connect to their community, and especially for those churches that are uh, struggling with um, reaching their community and, and maybe even declining in, in membership, uh, how they can turn that around to become outward-focused churches. And it is a different culture that we live in today, isn't it? It, it really is. It, it's not the same as, oh, even 20 years ago, but uh, if you go back further than that, it's just changed tremendously. Many theologians today would say that we're living in a post-church culture, which simply means that the church doesn't have the influence that it once had. It used to be that when someone moved, would move into a new community, one of the first things they'd do would be to look for a church, uh, particularly one of a denomination that they had been part of in the past. But that really isn't true anymore. In fact, uh, we have entire generations of people today who not only don't know the Bible, uh, really have never been to church, but they really don't know who Jesus is and and don't have a personal relationship with him. And so that's a big change from what it it used to be. You bet. Well, in your book, um, you flush out eight hinges. And before we actually begin doing that, explain to our listeners what you mean by hinges. Yeah, you know, everybody, I think, knows what a hinge is. It it opens a door, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't know if you've thought about it, but uh, a a, a door without a hinge is really a wall. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of hard to walk through a wall unless you're Jesus. You know, (laughs) you do it. uh, We we have trouble doing that. Uh, So the whole idea behind hinges is that they open doors. And it's not so much uh, getting the doors to open into the church. We often think that's the main goal of the church is to get more people inside, and certainly that's an important goal. But really this is about how do we get the people who are already inside the church to go out into their community and connect with people so that they can experience the love of Jesus Christ. And so our book is really based on John 10, verse 9, where Jesus says, I am the door. Uh, Whoever enters through me will be saved. And we know that part but it's the second part that we usually forget, where Jesus says that then the, the sheep or the people will go in and out to pasture. So the idea is that once people come into the church, they come into a relationship with Jesus, uh, they're fellowshipping with the, with the church, we don't want them to just stay inside the church and, and get uh, you know all fat and comfortable, <laughs> but we want them to go back out into the community and uh, share the good news of Jesus, the Good Shepherd, uh, with the other sheep who are, who are still lost and unreached. Um, so that's the idea behind hinges. 
Great, great. Well, there are eight hinges. Uh, Hinge number one uh, is empowering God's people with works of service. Tell us about that hinge and uh, what you do and what you share in your book about that. Yeah, this hinge is the most important hinge. All of the other ones uh, really swing open based on, on this first hinge. And this comes from Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, where St. Paul says that Christ gave some to be uh, apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. And then he gives the job description for pastors and, and really the leaders of the church. And that job description is to equip the saints for works of service to build up the body of Christ. So the idea is that the pastor and the leaders of the church, their main responsibility isn't to do all the ministry, but rather to uh, equip, coach, train, mentor uh, the members of the church so that they can do the ministry. That's great. And in that section, you talk about three key skills of empowerment. What are they? Well, those three key skills are to encourage, and in fact, the Greek word in Ephesians 4 uh, means to uh, encourage or build up. So we, we need to start with that. And, and that really is uh, helping people identify their gifts, uh, where their passion is, and what they're good at in ministry. Uh, so to encourage people then to use those gifts, that's the first thing. Then the second is delegation, and, and that's really just giving away ministry. So often as pastors and leaders, we want to do everything ourselves. And uh, we've been well-trained. We're, we're, we're good at most of those uh, ministry uh, kinds of things. But uh, if one person is doing everything, uh, not that much can be done. We need to multiply that ministry. So when we delegate, we give it away to other people, and then we train them. That's the third part, mm-hmm. so that they're well-equipped. They know what they're doing. Uh, we've modeled it for them. We've, we've done it with them. And then when they're comfortable and confident um, and have tried it a few times, then they can do it on their own. Uh, But really, we don't even want them to do it on their own. We want them to then take somebody else with them Mm -hmm. and repeat the whole cycle. Good, good. Just like Jesus kind of taught and mentored the disciples. Didn't he? For for three years, exactly. I think we can learn a lot. We tend to... I really think the early church was very different, much more like what you're talking about in your book than uh, what we have today. That's great. Well, hinge number two is personal leadership. Tell us about that. The idea with personal leadership is that if you're good at uh, managing your own life and uh, you uh, are well uh, balanced and and healthy uh, physically, spiritually, emotionally, and in your family systems, that uh, you'll be a much uh, more effective leader in the church as well. So it's simply recognizing, you know, how well am I doing in my own life, and then how do I uh, leverage those uh, same kinds of things in in the leadership uh, with the church. Great, great. So healthy eating would be part of that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, You know, if you look around, uh, you know, there's a a lot of folks uh, today uh, in ministry, because it's very stressful, and oftentimes we, you know, we sit in meetings and and so forth. It's it's easy not to not to eat well and and not to be uh, very healthy physically. So that's something to to really take a look at. And and it's not just you know the physical part, but you know also uh, being in the Word, growing mm-hmm. spiritually, sure. um, uh, 
uh, growing in knowledge, uh, so you know, reading and, and knowing what's going on um, in the world, and and uh, also having those uh, emotional and family systems uh, as healthy as possible. Great, great. Well, hinge number three is visionary leadership. What do you mean by that? Well, we need to make a distinction here between mission and vision. Most churches have a mission statement, but they think that's a vision, that uh, they're uh, basically articulating what they're going to be doing. But the fact is the mission's the same for every church, and Jesus told, it what, told us what it's supposed to be in Matthew 28, verse 19. He said, go therefore and make disciples. Or as you're going or wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, uh, I want you to be making disciples. So that's mission. Vision is what does that look like uh, in this particular community uh, through the ministry of this particular church. Mm. So visionary leadership is understanding uh, who the targets are in your community, so which people are you going to start with uh, in trying to reach, and then what's the strategy, how are you going to do it. And then finally, it's articulating that vision in such a way that everybody really understands it, and they get excited about it. Mm -hmm. Hey, we're all in this together. So the leaders that can do that well uh, would would score real high in the visionary leadership factor. Wonderful, wonderful. And your hinge number four is bridge-building leadership. What does that mean? Bridge-building leadership is about getting to know your community so you know what the needs are, and uh, then... Uh, knowing who the people are in the community and uh, building relationships with them, especially some of the leaders uh, in the community. So um, you're really uh, building a bridge from the church into the community. And so the leaders of the congregation, and especially the pastor, uh, have to model this for the church. Uh, It's really easy as a pastor or a church leader, staff person, to spend all your time in the office. But uh, bridge-building leadership means getting out of the office, uh, building relationships with unreached and unchurched people, uh, even sharing the gospel with them personally, finding out what the needs of the various groups are in the community, and then, and then finding ways to bring people from the church with you into the community so you can start meeting those needs. That's great. So these first four are kind of focused on the pastors and leaders of the congregation. Is that correct? That, that's exactly right. And uh, it doesn't mean that they're, they don't affect the church, because they do, uh, and, and they're really all inter, interconnected. But it, the idea is, uh, you know, how well are the, the pastor uh, and the leaders of the church doing in these four areas? Okay, good. I want to mention, too, that after each of your chapters, you have... Uh, questions uh, that relate to each of these hinges, which are very helpful for people that might want to use the book as a Bible study and uh, go through this, not just to read it, but to actually have some discussion about that. Well, they really do work well in that capacity, and uh, I never do anything without testing it and trying it myself, so I actually am using this book in my own small group Mm, in my church. And we're just having a, a blast. Mm-hmm. Of course, it helps, I guess, to have the author of the book uh, in the group. <laughs> yeah, that kind of does <laughs> I help. How it would work? Uh, yeah. It would work well without the author there. Oh, uh, well, it would still work. You, it would absolutely still work. Well, hinge number five then uh, is community outreach. Tell us about that. Yeah, and this is where we get into the congregation factors. So these are primarily about uh, how the congregation 
uh, is <clears throat> interacting with these factors. So community outreach really um, involves uh, service projects or, or outreach events where a number of people work together uh, from the congregation to meet needs in the community. And uh, what we found is that if a congregation will do four to six of these uh, every year, they will truly have a missional impact on their community. So you'll, you'll start seeing uh, people actually coming to Christ. You'll see uh, new people uh, attending worship. You'll see lives changed. And uh, you'll see your, your church really uh, begin to uh, make a difference in your community if you start doing some of these activities. I, I loved the ideas that real churches did in your book. Just a, a couple of them, uh, a dinner at the local fire department for the firemen and their families. I mean, what a great way to reach out into your community. And uh, uh, talking to area business owners and maybe praying with them. I don't remember the details. Prayer walking, a yard sale, a diabetes workshop, and uh baskets that you gave away, a Valentine's dinner dance, just so many wonderful opportunities uh, to share Christ in the community where the church is. I want to make a few announcements, and then we'll come back and continue talking about these hinges and also learn more about what else your organization offers to help churches go into the community to share Christ. Today, Family Shield is giving away the booklet, Live the Six. How to Be an Everyday Missionary. To receive your complimentary booklet, call our response center at 1-877-250-8416 or email witness2family at gmail.com and give us your complete name and address. We also have three of the books, Hinges, Opening Your Church's Doors to the Community to give away to our listeners. Sign up for the drawing by calling again that same number, 877-250-8416, or email us your complete name and address. The books will be mailed to you if you win the drawing. If you're a Thrivent Financial member, you can designate your Thrivent Choice dollars to support Family Shield Ministries, and I assume you are also a Thrivent Choice dollars agency? Yes, that's that's exactly right. So they could also support Transforming Churches Network, and um, you can do that by going to the Thrivent website at www.thrivent.com slash thriventchoice, or you can call them at 1-800-847-4836. And by the way, I understand you can designate more than one agency, so uh, I think it's just a uh, a great ministry, and uh, we just encourage you to remember that March 31st is the deadline for re-signing up for your Thrivent Choice dollars, and if you don't do it, that money goes nowhere. It's just money. If you're a member of Thrivent, uh, that money goes to nonprofits of your choice. I encourage you to sign up to receive the Family Shield email newsletter. You can uh, do that on our website at www.familyshieldministries.com. That newsletter shares radio topics and guests, uh, our events, conferences, and devotions. So I want to go back to the program with Reverend Terry Tiemann. He is the Executive Director of Transforming Churches Network, and we've been talking about the book, Hinges, Opening Your Church's Doors to the Community. Um, You can order that book on Amazon or through their website, which is www.com 
tcnprocess.com. And if you get more than one book, there's a discount if you purchase the book on their website. Now, uh, we were talking about the hinges, and and I want to continue doing that. But before I do, uh, Pastor uh, Tiemann, tell our listeners a little bit more about some of the other services that you offer through your Transforming Churches Network. Uh, What is the Seasons of Discovery? Seasons of Discovery really is a compilation of everything that we have in our book, Hinges. And uh, it is something that a congregation can do over a two- to three-year period. And so what we do in Seasons of Discovery is we have three tracks uh, for a congregation. There's one for the pastor, and so we provide a curriculum for the pastor to go through, and it's all about leadership and outreach, Uh, many things that most of us as pastors really didn't learn at the seminary. And um, then there's a second track called People of Passion, and uh, that's uh, for those passionate people in the congregation who really want to see lost people come into relationship with Jesus Christ. And every church has those. So they're, they're passionate about Jesus. They love Jesus. Uh, they love their local congregation and want to see uh, uh, it grow. And they love their community, and they want to see more people Uh, from the community connect with their church. So we have seven missional activities that they work through over a period of time, and they become kind of a yeast, uh, a leaven, if you will, for the congregation so that more people will get excited about outreach and get involved uh, with them in those missional activities. And then the third track is for the whole congregation. There's uh, sermons and Bible studies that they'll uh, uh, be able to participate in uh, regularly. And there's outreach activities. These community outreach events uh, will be planned, and, and they'll have the opportunity to join in them. So uh, that, that Seasons of Discovery it just takes uh, all of these uh, hinge factors and uh, uh, organizes them in an orderly way so that the congregation can move through them. That's great. You also have congreg- uh, consultations that you do with congregations? Yes, we do, and we've been doing those for a number of years. We've done almost 300 of those uh, around the country. And uh, we call it the 1910 Project because it's based on Luke 19.10, where it says, The Son of Man shall come to seek and to save that which was lost. And that's really what it's about, uh, uh, to find uh, ways for the congregation to connect to their community with the gospel. And it's kind of like going to the doctor, uh, the doctor will tell you, okay, here's where you're healthy, keep doing these things. But also, many times the doctor will tell us, uh, you know, there's some places that we can improve our health. And so we do that for congregations. We come in, uh, spend a weekend with them, and this would be after we've gathered lots of data that they've shared with us mm-hmm. uh, in the previous several months. And then we just give them recommendations or prescriptions. Here's what you need to do to get more healthy, to become a more uh, outward-focused church. And then if they decide to accept those prescriptions, and we give them time to pray about it and, and talk about it, uh, so then we will we'll coach the, the pastor and the congregation through the process to uh, uh, implement those prescriptions that we've uh, given to them. That sounds great. And I'm sure you have other things that you do as well. Um, is there anything else that we want to share with our listeners before we go back to the finish up the hinges? Well, I, I would like to just mention the... Um, a hinge assessment survey. Okay. Uh, people might be wondering, well, I wonder how, how well we're doing in each of these uh, eight hinge factors. Uh, 
Well, there's a way to find out, and all you have to do is uh, take this survey, and it uh, can be done online. Uh, all the information is on our website, and uh, you'll, you'll get scores hmm. uh, in each of the eight uh, factors, and then we'll spend some time with uh, the pastor and leaders of the church to explain what uh, those scores mean and give some suggestions on what they can do to improve in, in the factors where maybe they need to uh, work on a little bit. All right. That's great. Uh, you have some great resources for congregations. Thank you so much. Let's go back then. We, we uh, had just finished talking about Hinge 5, which was community outreach. Uh, Hinge 6 is functional board. What does that mean? This really deals with the governance structure of the congregation. And really at its essence, it's about leadership. So how do we equip the leaders of the congregation, and this would be particularly the, the lay leaders, mm-hmm. um, but how do we uh, help the leaders make sure the congregation is moving forward toward that vision that they have said that God has given to them and that they want to carry out? And then how do we hold uh, them accountable uh, for making sure the congregation is moving in that direction? So that, that's really what functional board is all about. It's, it's just uh, to help the congregation um, accomplish the mission and vision that God has given to it, and just see if they're on track uh, as they, they move toward that vision. That's great. That's great. And hinge number seven is focused prayer. What do you mean by that? Every congregation knows that they should be in, engaged in prayer. Most churches are really quite good at that and, and spend a lot of time in prayer, whether it's personal or corporate. But it's usually focused more inward than outward. Mm-hmm. So in other words, they're praying for uh, their own needs and also the needs of their family and friends, which, of course, is you know, things we should be doing. But uh, what's usually neglected there is the community itself. So focused prayer is praying for the lost and the unreached by name where possible and also just for the needs of the community, whatever that might be. So it, it helps the congregation focus outside of itself on the people who really need what the church has to offer. That's great. It's always been one of my frustrations is so many of the prayer chains will we'll talk about health issues, but sometimes that same person that has had a heart attack is not a Christian, and they forget to add that. And God answers our prayers, but he wants us to pray for, for those that don't know Christ. So focus prayer, not only praying by name, but praying for the lost, praying for those that don't know Jesus. Great. Yeah, I think the old joke is that, you know, we're very good at, at praying to keep people out of heaven. So we, <laughs> we pray for the sick to, you know, keep them here with us longer. Oh, which yeah. of course, is, is uh, you know, a natural thing to do. But we really need to, uh, you know, pray people that people, more people would, would uh, go to heaven. You bet. You bet. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So your hinge number eight, the last one, is inspiring worship. What do you mean by that? Well, sometimes uh, people think that, you know, what we're really doing here is, is advocating a particular style of worship, and that's not the case at all. What we're really doing is um, just lifting up that uh, worship needs to be inspiring. And, of course, wherever uh, two or three are gathered in, in Jesus' name and, and the word is preached and the uh, sacraments are administered, we know that God's there and, and active. Uh, but sometimes it doesn't feel that way. So inspiring worship is the kind of worship where people uh, really feel the presence of God and um, then are motivated to, to act um, on what they've heard 
and, and share the good news of Jesus with others. So, you know, obviously, if we're if we're inspired in worship, then uh, we're we're going to want to invite others to come and worship with us, and we're also going to be motivated uh, to get out into the community and, and share, uh, you know, what we've learned with others. So that's what we mean by inspiring worship. That's great. And so those last four hinges from five to eight are more focused on the congregational members. Is that correct? Yes, that, that's exactly right. The first four are really about the pastor and uh, the staff and, and uh, also uh, some of the uh, you know, volunteer leaders in the church. Uh, and then the, the other four are about the members of the congregation and how they're uh, interacting uh, with themselves but also with, with the community. So it's uh, what are they doing as far as um, uh, you know, sharing the love of Jesus with other people. Okay, great. Well, as we still have a little bit of time left, uh, I shared a few of the outreach, uh, community outreach activities that I read about in your book. But can you just share maybe one or two that uh, you have had congregations do and and tell our listeners a little more about them? Yes. One of my favorites is uh, what we call Service Project Sunday, or sometimes Faith in Action Sunday. And the idea is to maybe shorten your regular worship service or, or services over the weekend a bit so that you'll have uh, more time to actually get out into the community. So this has to be organized in advance, so you'll have several projects ready to go, and then you send the entire congregation, uh, after a short worship service, out into the community. And they might do anything um, that ranges from uh, picking up trash to... Uh, handing out uh, bottles of water, you know, things like that that are, are pretty simple. Uh, one of my favorites uh, was uh, we had a, a group that went out and cleaned toilets. No, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> at, area, at area gas stations. Oh. And that actually led to uh, the beginning of a homeless ministry. Oh, uh, wonderful. Stories in the book, so people can yeah. about that. Yeah, I remember that, reading that. That's right. That's great. Well, our time is just about up. Again, my guest has been Reverend Terry Tiemann. Uh He is the executive director of Transforming Churches Network. And the book we've been talking about is Hinges, Opening Your Church's Doors to the Community, a uh, great book with lots of good information that will help you if you are a church leader, a pastor, or an elder of a church. Uh, if you're interested in outreach and you're a member, this is a book that you could also share and take to uh, your church and just learn and grow and learn more about uh, Transforming Churches Network as well. And um, I want to mention again their website. That's www tcnprocess.com. You can order the book on their website. You can also order it at amazon.com. Uh, and um, again, you can learn more about Family Shield Ministries at www.familyshieldministries.com. This is Kay Meyer. Uh, we're glad you've been listening and uh, have a great day. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. And tune in again next week for Family Shield.